Welcome to the Expansive Astrology Podcast, where we look at using astrology beyond the tropes and horoscopes to tune into the natural forces around us and within us, honoring our true nature to craft our future. I'm your host, Melissa, the self-care witch, and I'm here to help you meet your magic. Without further ado, let's begin this week's episode with a tarot reading for the collective. Welcome back. It's episode seven of the Expansive Astrology Podcast. And it's officially cancer season. So I have a great episode for you today. Let's see what the cards want to tell us. (laughs) Hmm. Okay, this one's... Hmm, this one's interesting. Let me, um, we'll see where it takes us. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so what's present for us is the Eight of Wands. Wands are fire. So their passion, their creativity, their motivation, their movement. And in the Eight of Wands, we're invited to look at and be with and evaluate and just check in with how we are when things are in motion, how we meet ourselves and how we meet a situation when things are still up in the air or like when there's still work to be done or uh, maybe, um, things aren't where we wish they were. We're not feeling as grounded as we wish we were. Uh, we feel like we should be farther or, or, um, if there's this sense of trying to like rush the process, um, how we can cope with and kind of recenter when things aren't happening on our timeline, all sorts of just invitations and thoughts on how we show up to life as life is unfolding. It's about letting ourselves be in the process. It's about letting ourselves be in the unfolding, be in the journey, be in the air. It's about like I, I imagine like <laughs> um, traveling can be stressful. Like traveling can be hard. Packing, you know, logistics, scheduling, planning. It can it costs money to travel. There's a lot of moving pieces and parts uh, when we're like traveling somewhere or moving. I feel like the Eight of Wands is this really wonderful mindfulness reminder to like enjoy the process of traveling too and not just the destination how cheesy does that sound right it's very cliche but in a very like literal way like if you book a trip to Paris you've never been to Paris or you love Paris and like that's like your bucket list ultimate um, you've always wanted to go to Paris it can be like really easy to focus on getting to Paris. And I feel like the Eight of Wands kind of invites us to like embrace the journey of getting to Paris too. Even though like ugh, yuck. Packing, you know, making sure all your liquids are in the right size of bottles and security and checking bags and like everything about (laughs) the airport and flying to me not my favorite thing not at all even like and I'm so I'm like I would prefer a road trip and even that um can be like I don't know it can be really unpleasant it can be really unpleasant if you're in the if you know if the circumstances are just wrong enough (laughs) Um, can you enjoy 
even the airport phase? Can you even enjoy the flight and not just looking at getting to Paris? How do you show up when you have to park your car at DIA and shuttle to the airport and like, and it's like 4 a.m. and you have to carry all your stuff. How do you show up to that part of the process? You know? So that's what's present for us, checking in with that. And that's supported by the Page of Pentacles, who by the time we've become a page, we've gone through the ace all the way through the 10, right? The Page of Pentacles has done so much devotional, beautiful, expert, nurturing, intending to a, like a soul seed. And now that seed has become a garden. The page did that. They did that. They did all of that. And now here we are in the page where the page is relating to the pentacle in a way that we don't see in any of the other cards that come before it. The page is in deep, deep devotion and connection to their purpose deep devotion and connection to their pentacle, to their soul, to their um, soul calling, a deep, deep devotion and connection to their soul's work. This page is constantly checking in, constantly checking in, listening to the soul. So we're invited to check in and ask ourselves, our soul, what would you have me know? What should I be doing? How can I remain in alignment with my soul, with my purpose? Devotion. That's what I th- that's what I think of when I pull the pages is devotion. We commonly hear like of the pages being a student and a novice, naive, young. And in ways, some of that is true. But I think of like such a devoted student. Devotion. So devotion to the pentacles. Devotion to how we are showing up as souls, as earthly beings with souls. How are you showing up? The page is committed to living a soul-centered life, a soul-guided life. The page is committed to staying in alignment and devoted to only what is a yes to the soul. What would that look like for you? How can, like, really, how can you get radical about it? How can you radicalize that and, like, dream about it? You know, not everything may be, um, what do I want to say? It might not all be like accessible to you right now. Like if you were to truly step into the page of pentacles, that might not like feel totally accessible to you right now. And like, what would the page of pentacles do? And can you get just like 25% more aligned with that? That's the invitation at least. That's what's present for you, for us this week. And then the lesson for the week is the four of swords, which I think in seven episodes now, I think the four of swords has come up three times in these collective readings, uh, which is a little wild. The sword cards are all about the mind, the brain chemistry. So they all invite us to have a relationship with our brain in a new way. They, they like invite us into like befriending the brain Fours are about boundaries. And in the four of swords, we're making boundaries with the brain. Not suppressing, not bypassing, ignoring, swallowing, trying to get rid of the brain and its contraction. But rather creating a boundary around it and choosing to take a break from engaging with every fucking thought that we may have 
<laughs> Choosing to take a break from the brain. And in the Four of Swords, we see a person like taking a nap, like literally taking a break. Um, and, and maybe that's what that needs to look like. Resting. Again, not in the name, not trying to get rid of any discomfort in the mind, not trying to suppress any uncomfortable thoughts, but rather empowering ourselves to create boundaries around those thoughts knowing that we don't have to believe all of our, our thoughts. We don't have to take every invitation our brain brings us into. So sometimes that looks like zoning out, taking, taking rest, taking a nap, spending a day just reading or watching goofy internet videos or um, catching up on a binge-worthy show. Sometimes not engaging with the brain looks like those things. Sometimes not engaging with the brain looks like working, going to work, keeping the brunch appointment, calling your mom, going to the dance class, singing the song, painting the painting. <laughs> what does it look like for you? And I am going to say it again because I can't emphasize it enough. What does it look like for you to not bypass any like mental overwhelm, not not try to suppress mental discomfort or, or suppress anything that's coming up in the brain, but rather to create boundaries around that. It's worth noting that it is by taking that rest that we find an energetic barrier between ourselves and our brains, ourselves and the swords, where I always say this, it's still like swords to the face. <laughs> we're not, we're, it's, we're still looking at the swords. We still have a relationship with the swords. We have to, we have to. I hope I never sound like I'm like demonizing the swords. <laughs> Brains are just hard. <laughs> it's hard to have a brain, you know, but taking that rest is what allows us, you know, a sense of separation between us and the swords, between us and the brain. That's our lesson for the week. Our anchor for the week is the Hierophant. So I love this. Anytime we pull a major arcana card, it's a signal that this energy is here for us. We just have to surrender to it, welcome it in invite it in, ask it what it's here to show us and share. So the Hierophant as an anchor asks us to trust ourselves, trust our inner wisdom, trust our knowing, to tap in with our knowing, with our wisdom. And there's two sides to this. So you may resonate more with one side than the other. You kind of have to gauge for yourself what um, what this invitation might be for you. So some of us really need to trust our knowing more. Look to ourselves and our connection to that which is greater than us, our connection to the universe or God or our guides. Looking to ourselves and our connection and our inner knowing First, trusting ourselves, trusting ourselves, trusting ourselves. And also knowing that we are humans with very convincing brains. We are humans with beliefs that are not necessarily true. What we believe is not necessarily true. And it's our responsibility to keep ourselves in check with that to keep that reality in mind, you know, that as important as it is to trust ourselves and trust our inner knowing, it's also important to know that we're flawed, you know, <laughs> we're biased, just keeping our biases in mind, in check. And part of that Part of the invitation too is um, 
vetting our teachers and using trusting our discernment, trusting our inner wisdom when it comes to people who may know more than us, right? The Hierophant isn't about like not learning anything more or like not seeking teachers, right? It's about trusting your inner wisdom first, so much so that like you don't take anyone's word as gospel, for lack of a better term. I don't know how else to say, like not taking any any other human's word as anything other than human. They may be very wise. It's it's like um, using discernment, right? Like having teachers, engaging with teachers, seeking out wisdom from others and knowing that they too are just human, even if they're wiser than you, even if they know more than you in a thing, right? But like, that's an important piece of this as well. And trusting that everyone, everyone has an inner hierophant and we're not all connected with them, right? A lot of us are letting our brain or our ego drive the car. <laughs> uh, and everyone has and is their own hierophant. We all have an inner teacher. We all have inner wisdom. And it's important that we respect one another's own expression or their own journey with their hierophant, you know? You don't know better than anyone. Like, be careful. You don't know better than anyone. You know, maybe if you're a parent, it's your job to, like, guide your children and, like, keep them safe as they step into their own hierophant. And, and if you're a teacher, if you're a leader, trusting your students and their inner wisdom, you know, keeping yourself in check. There's a lot of, there's a lot of layers. There's a, there's a lot of layers here. Um, so stay open, stay curious, see how this shows up for you as the week unfolds. But just to take it back, um, we're invited to anchor into trust in our inner wisdom using discernment, knowing that we are human, and trusting ourselves very, very deeply. The lesson for the week is to experiment with new a new way with relating to the mind, setting boundaries like with our with ourselves, with our mind, knowing that we don't have to believe everything we think, knowing that taking some space and some rest is actually the best way to cultivate a healthy relationship with the mind. And what's present this week is to trust the timing of our lives and to show up in alignment with our soul very fully, find joy, find pleasure, stay centered, stay aligned, even as things are still in progress, even if things aren't where you want them to be, even if you're not where you think you should be. Even if you can't wait for the next thing, you just can't wait to get there. Come back to center. Stay in alignment with your soul. And start there. Mm, it's a pretty good one, I'd say. Um, so that's it for the tarot reading. Let's chat about welcoming in cancer season. So first off, welcome to cancer season. <sighs> it's the very beginning of a new season, which I am always so jazzed about. I'm such a sucker for, for a, like a fresh beginning because uh, I really look at each season, each month as a little container they're these little portals, these little containers, and we enter them, and then we experience them, and then we're never the same when we leave. One of my favorite things to ask myself is, like, what do I now know that I didn't know four weeks ago? 
So ask yourself, what do you now know that you didn't know at the beginning of Gemini season around mid-May? What has Gemini season held for you? As the year moves on, we're moving into more mature energy, deeper energy. We're, We're maturing. We're growing up from this raw, pure, more simple, not in a bad way, right? but just more simple energy of Aries at the beginning of the astrological year in like March and April. Now we're moving into the first water sign of the year, Cancer, and we're in a very different space than we were back in Aries season. The energy is maturing. Since the astrological new year, we've explored our relationship with ourselves and how well we know ourselves and how we operate in the world and how we claim and take up space in Aries. And then we've explored how we cultivate that space, how we seek security and stability exploring like the difference between control and power and how we embrace and receive pleasure in Taurus season. And in Gemini, we've explored our relationship with our brains and our nervous systems, our, our channels, how we think and react to things and how our inner selves is related in our, is reflected in our outer world, how we get our needs met, how we express what is inside of us. Now, moving into cancer, where the phrase is, I feel. (laughs) So we get to really dig in deep and begin to explore our relationship with our emotions. Moving into water energy, which is both life-giving, life-sustaining, gentle, emotional flow and it's also water is a great force so we're moving into this water energy and it's a time to find rest it's time to find a sense of home within ourselves as we continue you know this journey of like the uncomfortable expansive, expanding process, the uncomfortable process of blooming, becoming, aligning. There's like a duality there. Um, I feel like cancer season is both a time to like find stillness and really um, go within. And there's this very clear invitation to expand and, and bloom with, um, the chariot, which is the tarot energy that rules cancer. We'll speak much more on that um, next week, in one of the coming weeks. I'm not sure which week. (laughs) Um, So we're coming out of Gemini season where we've been in this season of reflection, of um, kind of floating in the brain, floating in the air of, with our many thoughts <laughs> and our interpretations and our reactions and, um, you know, how we process life, <laughs> everything, um, our, our responses to things, how we process things and how we express them, how we get our needs met, what we express. And in Cancer, we get to take a really, we dive deep into our innards. It's the season of innards, ladies and gents. Ah, yes. (laughs) Finally. I'll try to refrain from saying that word every 20 seconds. Um. But we're really diving deep within, taking a look at our value system, taking a look at our our sense of home, um, like literally our home life and then also our sense of home within. Uh, we're looking at like our intuition. We're looking at how we evolve. 
Um, we're looking at our attachment to things and, and our defenses, like how we defend those things. We're looking at how we relate with others and how we maintain those relationships, how we maintain our, our attachments or how we, how we relate with the things that we're attached to. Um, we're looking at how we occupy our space and, and um, how we can find true comfort in that space. And looking at what our attachments are like. Lindsay Max says entering cancer season is like going into the shell and determining the crab meat from the crab shell. I love that idea. Like what is you and what is not you? What do you need to keep with you within your shell? And what beliefs have you picked up along the way that maybe others have given you or maybe you adopted from others or took from others or maybe you don't even know where the heck that belief came from <laughs> uh, we get to explore it all what what needs to be kicked out of the crab shell when do you feel safe outside of your crab shell <laughs> and like we all have a metaphorical shell, no matter how extroverted we are. Um, like, when do you let people in? How do you defend yourself when you're outside of your shell? Do you get very defensive right off the bat? How do you handle vulnerability? How do you handle being outside of your shell, being seen? Are you gushy? Are you okay with people seeing how gushy you are? Are you okay with people witnessing your innards? <laughs> how are you when you're like outside of your shell? Do you let people witness that? And there's this other idea of who do we let into our shell with us? Who do you let in? And how do you respond once they are in, once they have come into your shell with you and witnessed your innards? <laughs> Um, how do you respond to that? How do you meet them in your shell with you? How do you nurture them? How do you nurture yourself? So many lovely invitations with cancer. I'm just obsessed. <laughs> oh, I love this season. And we're a third of the way through the astrological year. Cancer helps us wrap up the first like trimester of the year, if you, if you will. We move through the elements, fire, earth, air, water, in that order, a total of three times each year. And in terms of you know, the traditional year, we're officially halfway done with 2022. It's also summer solstice. So cancer season also really invites us to explore how we want to show up for the rest of the year. We're halfway through 2022, diving deep with cancer and doing this exploratory watery work, I think is like the perfect way to kind of recalibrate us, you know, recenter with where we are and where we're going. This season brings invitations to explore our value system, exploring our home life, our sense of foundation. Cancer really invites us to truly love ourselves from the inside out and we know that it's true love from the inside out because cancer doesn't shy away from doing that work from diving deep cancer looks at our roots checks things out from within looking at our roots and what makes us feel grounded and and then building our lives up from this foundation that we've been working on since airy season mid-march so the phrase for cancer season is I feel even just, <laughs> even just that can bring up a whole lot for some people. Some people are very uncomfortable with feeling some people, not so much. <laughs> There's an invitation to feel this season. Cancer, um, there's a lot of tarot energy that comes up with cancer season. Cancer is ruled by the moon. And also Jupiter is really happy in Cancer. So we get to look at the tarot energies associated with those 
I mean, the moon isn't a planet, but, but with those um, celestial beings, <laughs> um, the moon, we look at high priestess. And with Jupiter, we look at the Wheel of Fortune. We can also look at the moon card, of course. The chariot is associated with Cancer. And then also the Queen of Cups. Because the Queen of Cups is cardinal water and Cancer is cardinal water. So what the Queen of Cups is so brilliant at is having a really sacred, empowered, knowing relationship with her water, with her cups, with her emotions. So there's an invitation this season to embody that, to learn how to um, be clo closer to that, um, to embody your own sense of the Queen of Cups. Um, how do you have a, what is your relationship with your emotions? The phrase is, I feel. How do you feel? <laughs> How do you, what is your, just what is your relationship with your emotions? Um, how do you respond to different emotions? The Queen of Cups really um, has such a sacred, intimate relationship with her emotions. They really, she allows them to inform her and to guide her without letting them take her away, right? Like they inform her. And she stays in alignment. She lets them guide her without her losing control, right? So cancer in its most empowered state is emotional. It is emotional. So many people think being emotional is a bad thing or it's negative, or we need to like keep our emotions under control. I don't know if it's about like keeping our emotions under control, but like we as beings, as humans need to stay like, you know, cool, calm and collected to a certain degree, right? There are, and this is why I, I um, am always emphasizing the importance of carving out appropriate spaces and, and ways of having big emotions, you know, therapy, breath work, moving our body in, in ways to like move things through us. This is why Gemini comes before cancer. This is why. So that we have a good handle on how we express ourselves so that we, um, Gemini helps us learn how to have a channel, how to have a body, how to have emotions, how to have a nervous system, how we relate with that. And then cancer, cancer season really brings us in there. <laughs> so like hopefully, and, and we're always, we're always working on this each year, each year we get invitations into these things um, and we go deeper and deeper and we're always improving, right? Hopefully the cancer season really brings us into relationship with our emotions and cancer in its most empowered expression has emotions like it feels the things <laughs> big time fully full out totally touching in there not shying away from from it and cancer in its most empowered expression makes sure that it stays aligned with what is healthy effective and helpful for what is inside and for what is outside right we never want to cause harm with our emotions to ourselves or to others. There's a way to be deeply emotional beings and have a deep, intimate relationship with our emotions that is not harmful. It's what cancer invites us to explore and figure out. And the thing with water is that when it flows, when it is healthy and helpful, it's life-giving. It is life. Like, but when water is not allowed to flow freely, naturally, when it um, when there's blockages or dams or or huge massive storms, or when there's droughts, <laughs> uh, we, the impact of of that can be devastating, devastating, right? So, in its most empowered, aligned expression. Cancer is emotional.
and and so much more. It's receptive and intuitive. It's like sympathetic and sensitive. It's nurturing. It's reassuring. Protective. Cancer is imaginative. It's deeply reflective. It reminds us of our inevitable growth and evolution through life. It's keen to new possibilities. Cancer is brave. So many people would look at such an emotional, watery energy. People like gatekeep the word brave. (laughs) Um, I'm here to say cancer is brave, right? And it lives in the moment. It is present in the moment. It It is rooted in the moment, knowing that all could be lost at any moment. This idea of cancer's willingness to outgrow its shell and move into a better shell. Now, disempowered cancer, though, can be, like, so emotional, so attached, so protective, that it's, like, excessive. It's excessive, which leads to, like, insecurity, anxiety, possessiveness, defensiveness. Disempowered cancer holds all of its water within you know, kind of creating dams where then when it finally, when the dam breaks or when, when, um, the time comes that, that those things have to be looked at or expressed, it's, it can be devastating. Cancer has a tendency to get really attached, which can be beautiful and water needs to flow. And cancer is a cardinal energy, which is about, you know, allowing change. It's not a problem to have attachments. It's not a problem to be attached. It's not a problem to kind of grip our claws on something and really want to hold on to it. That can be a beautiful expression of love and nurturing and care. It's only a problem when it becomes a problem, right? It's not a problem until it's a problem. And I think um, most of us have an idea of when that can become really problematic. It can be harmful to our nervous system to approach life from an overprotective, overdefensive way. To always like keep it, keep our claws out, right? We don't always want to have our claws out. We we need to know when to use our claws. Wait, are they called claws? Pinchers? What are they called? Crab claws? Crab? Crab? What are they called? <laughs> I'm literally gonna Google it. Anatomy of a crab. Let's see here. Oh, wow. Um, claw. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Who knew? I didn't. It is called a claw. Why did that feel so wrong? You go to, like, a seafood restaurant and say, can I have the crab claws, please? No. Crab legs, I guess that's what they're called. No. Anyway, will I keep this in? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Knowing when to use our claws. <laughs> Knowing how to protect ourselves, how to stay protected while also being soft, emotional beings. There's also this theme where we we're in the, I think, um, because cancer rules the fourth house, which is about like home um, our value system, where we come from, the structure of our value system, the structure of home. Um, we're kind of looking at our relationships with our parents, which of course brings up attachment styles. <laughs> um, but especially, especially our relationship with our mother, or let me expand on that and say like our relationship with being nurtured, our relationship with being taken care of, our relationship with caretaking, especially as a child. Um, we're looking at like the home, the kind of home that we grew up in, the values that we adopted from our parents, the values that were um, alive within our home and within our interactions with each other in the home that we grew up in. Right? We were we were like placed into these situations. We were placed into these homes. We were placed into these family systems that all operate on values, certain value systems. We're kind of looking at that. Where do you come from? 
looking at the ways that our upbringing informs the rest of our lives. Yikes. And then bringing that to the now, uh, what kind of home will you create for yourself now? What kind of values are alive and at play within your home now? Not just the values that you want to see <laughs> and that you want to build your life on, but what actually, what is the reality of how you are showing up in your home and how your home operates? What are the standards of the behavior that you expect within your home? How, how do you or how will you, how would you raise your children? What kind of community are we creating? Our values serve as little roadmaps. They're little keys that we can return to when we feel lost or anxious or triggered or imbalanced or disconnected for, from ourselves or just when we need to make a decision or um, our values are, they serve as a roadmap to guide us, to help us make these decisions, to help us know how to show up. Um, and they're, what we value is reflected in everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we participate in, everything that we ignore. Our values are reflected in everything that we do. Our values, what we've adopted as values from, or carried with us as values from our past, it's how, how we respond to things. We're exploring our structures, especially like the, where we came from, the structures from where we came, and the structures that we're building now. So <laughs> starting this season off with a really deep evaluation of our values, remembering that our values change throughout our life, and that's fine. That's natural to be expected. And it's important to kind of run them through a systems check, <laughs> checking in, like, where did they come from? Why are these things important to you? How are you operating? When are you and when aren't you aligned with these values? And like, how do you know? How can you know? I really want to start the season with this deep foundational check-in. What's important to you? How are you showing up? How are those things showing up? And double checking, like, why are those things important to you? Do they need to be that important to you? Like, are they, are, are they that important to you? Or are you kind of just like holding on to old expectations or old patterns, old habits, old values from um, your past, from your parents, from old relationships, from whatever, old expectations, evaluating the structure of our lives, the structure of our shell. And next week, we're going to talk a lot more about the anatomy of a crab. Maybe I'll even title the episode that. <laughs> um, what is us and what is the shell? How do we balance having a shell and an inner world within that shell, which is soft and needing protecting? How do we know how to protect that? How protective do we need to be? How do we know when we're overdoing it? Not just with ourselves, but with anything that's important to us. Ugh. <laughs> Cancer brings up a lot. Ugh, there's a lot. Yeah, so next week we'll talk about, um, we'll use the idea of the crab to dive into um, those things. Uh, I think the week after that we'll talk about the tarot. So we'll be speaking about the chariot and the wheel of fortune and the high priestess and the moon and the queen of cups. <laughs> there's a lot. Um, and then I also, this season, I really want to talk about attachment styles. So there's a lot to look forward to this season. We have a new moon in cancer, um, next week. And then later this season, we have a full moon in Capricorn. So we'll be examining that polarity in a few weeks. I'm excited for that. Let's go ahead and chat about the astrological forecast for the week. Um, today, the first day of cancer season is also the summer solstice, which means it's the longest day of the year. The sun is in the sky longer than any other day. I love 
it. I love it. <laughs> At least in the Northern hemisphere, right? It's not the case in the Southern, Southern hemisphere. And I don't have any listeners from down under yet, but I will one day stating it and claiming it right now. I will one day. So in the spirit of manifesting that my podcast will make it that far, <laughs> I want to just mention that and honor that too. Uh, but in my neck of the woods, it's the summer solstice. It's the brightest, longest day of the year. Um, and we get to really look at our relationship with the sun, sun magic, hmm. which on like in our um, birth chart on like a personal level, in some ways, the sun is about like our ego. Um, but like way, it's way more than that, right? How do you, how are you, how do you show up? How do you light up your world? What gives you life? What gives your world life? What is life sustaining? Super powerful, potent, aligned fire magic. The summer solstice is a time of celebrating life and love and our own uniqueness. And how our special light, our unique light, is both one in and of itself and connected to all life on the planet, all plants and animals and all things that are sustained by the sun. There's this real beautiful invitation to remember both our individual little light and how powerful our unique little light can be how our little light, you know, shows up in our little world, <laughs> how important that is. And also acknowledging that we are, we are such a little light and we are such a small part of something so massive, you know, like one love, one love. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. On the 22nd, Wednesday, the 22nd, Venus enters Gemini. So that's interesting. Uh, and then we don't have a whole lot else going on besides um, the new moon in Cancer on the 28th. So we will have a moon meetup on Sunday, the 26th in preparation for that. If you are local to me here in Fort Collins, I'm so excited to announce that moon meetups are now happening in person at the Peaceful Birth Company space. This was not something I ever considered or expected, uh, but Katie, the owner of the Peaceful Birth Company, um, asked if that's something I would be interested in, and yes. <laughs> So we had our first one in person um, last week and it was so good. Like I, um, there's something about meeting in person that I've been missing for the past few years. It's just so wonderful to connect in person. And I'm so thankful um, to those of you who are able to come out. Now, I also will always offer a virtual option too. Maybe I shouldn't say always, you know, I, I don't know what the future holds. But for now, um, there's also a virtual option. Um, it is, you know, kind of interesting to navigate back and forth um, those participants who are on Zoom and um, the people who show up in IRL, as the kids say. But I think it went all right the first time. And I'm still finding my groove with these moon meetups in the first place. They're still really new. And I'm really interested in building a community around them, building them with you. Um, I'm, I'm mostly interested in making them what you need for them to be. Uh, so if you would like to join me in community with some tarot readings, some and some reflection and some support around mm -hmm. crafting intentions with this new moon in Cancer. Please join me Sunday the 26th in person here in Fort Collins or virtually online. You can register at theselfcarewitch.com. Uh, but if I can just recommend right here 
a good affirmation for cancer season in general, but especially with the new moon where we want to um, focus on really bringing in the medicine that cancer can offer. I really love an affirmation of I'm becoming more myself every day. I am being guided home or like I am always home. Just centering in with what is inside of us, maybe focusing just a little less on our shell, focusing a little less on how we show up and centering in a little more with just being We're really diving deep into the depths to take a closer look at our internal and external sense of home, our values, our roots, our attachments, and Cancer's new moon invites us to welcome in security, attachment, healthy attachment, welcoming in love and empathy, fine-tuning our emotional intelligence and cultivating comfort. So I think that's all I have for you this week, sweet soul. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to swim through cancer season with you and see what comes up. I can't thank you enough for being here. I'll see you next time. Bye. Now, before you go, Let me keep your ear for just a moment. This week's episode is brought to you by www.theselfcarewitch.com, my bread and butter, where you can find more information on my current courses, offerings, and other fun ways to connect with myself and yourself. If you enjoyed this episode and you dig what I'm doing here, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and leave a review. It helps so much. And if you'd like to connect with me, head to theselfcarewitch.com. I'd truly love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.